Now, open your Bible, if you would, please, and get your sermon notes out today. Repeat the topic with me, if you would, please. Say, building, building. courageous, courageous. Wealth. wealth. This is part four in the series. I encourage you to go back and get all of the series. It's centered around a story in Matthew 25, and it's a story about a guy who is, uh, who has given out talents, I believe it starts about verse 14, to three guys. Talents are measurements of money. To one guy, he gave one talent. To another guy, he gave two talents. And to a third guy, he gave five talents. The Bible says, according to their ability, he gave them out these talents. What I've done over the last few weeks is I've chronicled for you how this all works. And please note, if you would, on the, on the back, I think, of your paper there, there's what I call uh, scripture references. Now, I, I give you this because this makes it easier for you to follow me. One of the frustrating things in church is you don't know how long the guy's going to talk, about 35 minutes or so, so you know you're going to get out of here. Everybody say amen. amen. And, and at least you can follow me. And, and I give you notes so you can just know where I'm at. The, the story in Matthew 25 tells of these guys how they manage those talents. And again, a talent was a measurement of money. So one guy took his talent, his measurement of money, and he buried it in, in the ground. Didn't do anything with it. Another guy took his money, and he didn't bury it. What he did was he took his money, and he um, doubled it. His two talents. Another guy took his money and he doubled it again. He had three, five talents, so he ended up with ten. So you have two guys who invest what they have, use what they have, and one guy who did nothing with what he had. It is a great study. You want to go back and listen to it. You want to go back and um, ask yourself the question, is that what I'm doing? Am I using my talent or am I wasting my talent? That is the question. Am I the kind of person who is taking advantage of my talents, using them to the fullest potential, or am I a person who is absolutely just not doing the right thing with what he has? Now, if I can get you to note something with me, I want you to notice with me that the Bible is really clear about something. You get to decide this. This is not a God decision about what you do with what you've been given. It's a your decision. You are the person. You are the individual who decides what you do with, with your God-given ability. Now, if you'll notice with me the three topics of the sermon so far, repeat them with me, please. Say, using what you have. Come on, investing what you have. And learning from what you have. Last week, I ended with a, an interesting question. The guy with the one talent who did nothing had an opportunity he never took advantage of. He could have gone to the two guys who succeeded and asked them what to do, but he didn't. He did not do anything to advance himself. He could have gone over and said, hey, guys, I see you guys are really doing well, man. I mean, you had two talents, now you got three, now you got four. How'd you do that? How'd you, how did you double what you had? He didn't do anything. He just, he just didn't do anything. 
He wasted his time. My question is, what did you do with all that time? I mean, you had the same amount of time that these other guys had, but you didn't do anything with it. Why? And, and so it was really painful in this story, though, to me, is, first of all, to be the one guy, especially when the Master Keynes comes back and says, what did you do? To be the one guy, and you look and you see these guys succeeding. It's hard to watch people succeed and you fail. It's hard to be in that position emotionally. And if you're not careful, you get mad with people. Come over here showing off. What? Because they got a car. And you you walking? Why is that showing off? Why, why are they showing off? Because their marriage is working and yours is not. Why are they? Why? Why? When they talk about their children's success, why is that a problem for you? Do you only want to hang around people who don't succeed? And everybody who does succeed can't talk about it? It's amazing. I'll slide this in for free. Be careful when you date somebody who won't let you be awesome. Be careful, women, when you marry a man who makes you dumb yourself down. Be careful. Be careful when you can't celebrate the good things in your life because it makes everybody uncomfortable. What's it like to be the guy watching people succeed? What's it like to be the guy succeeding watching the guy fail? Two guys watch one guy stand in front of them with the master and be humiliated. You know, when the master came back and said, hey, what did you do with the one talent I gave you? The guy said, well, I buried it in the ground. Here it is. He says, you are wicked and you are lazy. That is hard to him. That is hard. It's hard to watch somebody be written up on your job. It's tough to watch the person who's always late get called in. And you know what's going to happen. You know they're going to get fired or you know they're going to lose their job and you feel sorry for them. they got kids. they got family. You feel like they're your friend. You go to lunch with them. And you got to watch them fail. It's tough. It's tough to fire people. It's tough to lay people off. It's tough. But there are times you had nothing to do with that. And watching people fail is part of success. Listen carefully. When you get money, when you have your own place, part of the challenge is what I love. I'm not teaching it today, but Matthew 25, the parable of the talents, one of my favorite stories. Oh, man, this chapter, I'm telling you, it's amazing. The parable of the talents. I'm sorry, the parable of the, of the uh, wise virgins and fool, foolish virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish, five. They all knew they were going to a wedding, and they had to make sure they had oil in their lamps so that when the bridegroom came, they would turn the lamps up and all go to the wedding. Well, five of them decided to do absolutely nothing. And five decided to do what they needed to do, take some extra oil, fill up the lamp. But when... The bridegroom came, and the sound was made for them to go into the wedding. They, the five that were foolish didn't have enough oil. And they said these words to the wise ones, could you please loan us some of your oil? And they made this incredible statement that can sound so mean and so hard, but they said, we can't. Come on, say that with, come on. One more time, say it again, come on. Here's why, because at least there not be enough for us. You're going to put us where you are. Go buy for yourself, they told them. Boy, that sounds so unchristian, doesn't it? People will make you feel so guilty. But let me give you this. Let me give you the key. One of them said again. The painful part of succeeding is watching other people not graduate. <laughs> At your graduation, there will be people in the audience watching you. And I'm going to tell you who they are. The cool people are going to probably be in the audience watching you. 
the slam bam mama, the one who knocks everybody out, whoop out, whoop out. She will be in the audience watching you with three kids. Listen to me. And I'm not putting her down. Bless her kids and bless her. I'm saying, I'm making a point. You lose a lot in your life. You don't pause for a moment and realize this is your life you're living. I don't like this. This bothers me. I see a pastor dig out of a church and try his best to grow it, and it gets to 10 people and won't go any further. I hate the pain of that. And I try to counsel and encourage, and I, I sometimes can't help them succeed. Because it, it requires a courageous conversation that some of them are not willing to have. A courageous moment when you say, maybe this isn't your field. Maybe this isn't your gift. Maybe it's the way you're doing it. Maybe it's the way you teach. Let's have a courageous conversation. Listen to, these, listen to your own sermons. I've tried that. They say, most say no. I said, wow, you cook food and don't taste it. Wow. What's it like for you to sit down and have this courageous moment with you? And look at your life and determine what you want to happen. Well, today I close the series out. And that's just what I've talked about the last few weeks. But if I can, I want to pick up ten questions that I think you should ask me. And it's, uh, I was going to do an open forum Q&A, but I decided, nah, let me just give you the ten questions that I think would be helpful. And I'm going to give you the answers. That way you can go home and look at them, think about them and all that. I did edit a little bit, added a little bit to it, so you might want to jot a few extra notes if you hear me say something that I didn't write for you. Please notice, first of all, most things in your life can be fixed if you just get honest. For example, if you ever, you ever seen a person tell you, if a person came to you and said, you know, every Tuesday I run out of gas. So you can't, yeah, every Tuesday on the way to work, I run out of gas every faithfully every Tuesday. And so what would you tell them to do? Get some gas on Monday. <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe even maybe Saturday even. Let's, 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 the weekend comes. Let's go fill your tank up. You, and if you ask them, do you have money? I have money. I just always run out of gas every Tuesday. <laughs> and if you say to somebody, they say, they say to you, say, well, you know, I, I'm having this problem. You know, I, when, I'm walking, I, when I'm walking bare feet, my feet hurt. The answer would be, put some shoes on. Some things are not hard. Some questions don't have, to be answered, don't have to be asked. If you simply use what you already have available to you. So I'm going to work out some questions for you. And, and some of these you already know the answers to. These are things you've kind of dealt with. But these all center around wealth. Now let me be clear again. Wealth is not just money. Wealth is access to people. It's having knowledge. It's, it's, it's a sense of well-being. Everybody say well-being. It, that's what the word means in its root. A person who is wealthy is well, okay? There's a sense of wellness, well-being. The person's uh, okay, and that's the goal. So here's some questions that I think a pastor should be asked about this whole wealth question, and it's to close out our series. Number one, why do some people love more, why do some people have more wealth than 
you. Why do some people have more? Now, I want to give you, if you notice below it, I have answers. Everybody say questions. questions. Answers. answers. Notice the answers are written below. Now, normally I don't do that, but I did it today because I want you to take it home and think about it. Here's why some people have more wealth than you, okay? They have more well-being. Not just cash. They just are okay. Because some people have more talents than you. They just have more of an ability. And that's why the master gave out the talents because it was tied to their ability. So some people just are better at managing than me. So they were given more than me. And that's okay. I, I can't be jealous because of that. But also, some people sow more than me, which means they invest more. They've invested more time. They've invested more of an effort than I have. They're in better shape because they spend longer in the gym. They, they, they make an effort. Some people have more than me because they desire more than me. They have a passion that I may not have. There's some people that are absolutely fierce. They don't quit. And so they have more wealth. Their church has more wealth. You can, I, I tell pastors all the time, you want, you want a shortcut to growing your church? Get some excited people. Can I get an amen, church? If you get some people that want something that, hey, let's go for it, pastor, let's go make it happen, then you, it's great. If you get a family like that, and some families are like that. You know, if you come from a lazy family and you marry into an industrious family, you stand out. <laughs> They're always creating a business and doing something and making some money and saving and traveling the world. And you're like, oh, what are we doing now? <laughs> and, and sometimes... It's, you just stand out. It's like, wow, I'm standing still compared to them. This person's got something always on the burner. Passionate. Some people are more passionate. They want more. They want to go see the world. They want to try. They'll go to school and fail, but they won't not sign up. They'll go to school and give it their best. And most of the time, those people never fail because they keep going at it and trying. That's why some people have more than you. And listen to me, they'll always have more. They'll always have more. They don't give up. They don't surrender. One bad marriage doesn't make them quit. They don't give up on love. They don't give up on life. And listen to me, they don't give up on themselves. They've given up on you. There are some, listen to me, I'm saying this, I don't mean any harm. There are some people that would be considered ugly who think they're good looking. It, can, it confuses you because you want to tell them, you know, you don't look good. <laughs> but they go after the finest men and get them, and you're mad because how did, can he see? <laughs> Does he have eyes? That is an ugly woman. What is he doing with her? She don't think she's ugly. She thinks she's fine. <laughs> she ignores you altogether. I used to tell the story when I used to do school. You know, I used to do schools, right? And I used to do these little talks with kids. And, I, and Diane tricked me into this. I wasn't going to do kids. I never would do like elementary school kids. I thought, listen, I'm an adult talker person. I don't do children, children, children. And so they, the school invited me to come and do this little graduation thing, whatever it was, a program or something. And so Diane uh, said, because she's a school teacher, right? She was a school teacher for years. So she's, um, Rick, uh, I told him no. I was going to say no. And she said, you ought to say yes. Why don't you just go? They like to just go and tell a story or something. And so I said, Diane, I'm not doing that because it's been. So anyway, she talked me into it. So I go. 
500 people there. I'm mad with her. You see any people in here? All these little short people. What am I going to tell these people? <laughs> short people. So I've always been kind of a storyteller person. So I told this, this little illustration I gave reminded me of it. So I, I went in there and I told a story. I told a couple of stories. And one of the stories I used to tell when I just, uh, in the, matter of fact, I, they liked me so much, I started getting an invitation to a bunch of schools. So I did, I mean, dozens of them. Uh, it was amazing. Public. So I, I made up a story. I, talked, I, I was trying to communicate a point. And I said, once upon a time, there was, there was this uh, ugly duck who didn't know he was ugly. And he used to wear high water pants and purple socks. And he walked around, and he would walk at everybody, and everybody says, you know, we, we, we need to talk to him. So they had a meeting. All the ducks had a meeting. And the duck said, look, somebody needs to tell him he's ugly. We think it's in his best interest to know he's ugly. And so they went over to him, and one of the ducks decided that she'd be the one to go over and break this news to him because they thought, we care about this duck. He needs to know he's ugly. So they said, we're going to go and tell him he's ugly because that's important for him to know he's ugly. Shouldn't be that ugly and don't know it. <laughs> so she went so, she, so she goes over, and she says, uh, and he, he, and he says, she says uh, uh, excuse me, uh, we had a meeting, and uh, uh, we care about you. We thought we'd let you know you, you're, you're ugly. And he's standing there, he said, really? He said, well, I'm ugly, but you know you're fine. <laughs> and she said, really? You think I'm <laughs> quack, 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 quack. That girl started quacking, quack, 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 quack. <laughs> he took her out and they started dating. That was the end of that, praise God. Come on, I'm telling you. Yeah, man, shoot, what? Tell me I'm ugly. <laughs> They crazy. They, don't, they just don't know what good socks look like. That's the problem. <laughs> it's all about how you see yourself. It's all about how you see yourself. And if you, you know, and there's a moment in your life when, when you just, you just see yourself wrong. And so you have no passion. You have no drive. Somebody, everybody's not like you. Everybody's not. That's why you need new friends. They, they, they need to meet people not like you. They need, people, need to meet people who stop you. you know, so. That's why some people have more. Number two, how do, you, how do you approach people with more wealth than you have? Well, under the answers, you approach them with, with, with the desire, watch this now, to see them beyond their money, first of all. And what I call, everybody say with me, please say, mature, mature. Admiration. admiration. It takes, if, if, in order for you to advance, you've got to be around people who can help you advance. Well, if people have more wealth, more, more knowledge, and again, more than money, more knowledge, more whatever than you, if you get around them and you, you mock them, then they don't want to be around you. But if you can have mature admiration, say it again, come on, mature admiration, then, then you tend to get a chance to learn from them. So sometimes when you approach people with resources or with what you need, be mature about it. Admire them, but don't get lost in them. One more time. Admire them, but don't get lost in them. This whole networking thing you're taught in school, which is nice. I understand you got to network, but don't get lost. Don't ever put your whole life in the hand of meeting one person. Never do that. Third question. How long does it take to build the kind of wealth you need? <laughs> I love this story in Matthew 25 with the talents because, as I said earlier, they all had the same amount of time. The problem was how they used it. Everybody had the same amount of time. Everybody did. You see, 
It takes as long as it takes. There's a sermon series I'm going to do uh, called, repeat it with me, please, say, The Speed, the speed of, success. of Success. I think sometimes we take too long. It's, it, it takes longer because of the speed we travel. If you're trying to get from here to Texas and Dallas, okay, and you go 20 miles an hour, you have a long journey. The slower you go, the longer it takes. Could it be that you're going too slow? Could it be that you're making changes too slowly? Could it be that that's why your family's where they are, because they make changes very slowly? You hear the sermon, you hear the message, you read a book, you decide you should change, but you're still plodding along, deciding. And you haven't really got in the car and put the metal to the pedal. Fourth question. Why do some people avoid making, asking for help from people with more talents? Again, why would this one guy not ask the two guys? Here's the reason. Some people are ashamed of what they have. They think that they should not need help, so some people don't like to be around people who challenge them to be, have more. They'd rather just not talk about it. They don't want you to know what they really have. I have this rule. Guys come to me all the time and ask me to mentor them, and I always run them off. I do. I ask three or four questions. I've said this to you before. First thing I ask them, and I said this in pastor's gatherings, I said, after this, you're going to ask me to mentor you, I'm, I'm going to run you off. I'm going to give you four things I'm going to ask you, and I'm, I'm going to run you off. One, I'm going to ask you to read a book. <laughs> call me when you finish reading the book. Here's my email. If you finish the book, you call me. It's amazing. Secondly, I say, I'm going to ask you about your money. So if you don't want me to ask you about your money, don't ask me to mentor you. You don't want me to know about your church and finances. If you don't want to talk about that, because I'm not going to be able to help you in the blind. Okay? Ready? Here's the third one. Everybody say the third one. Third. Hold three of fingers. Say the third one. Third. This is really going to run them off. You ready? This is it. Somebody says it's going to run you off too, right? I asked you about your sex life. There you go. See, I told you. Bam, you go. Bam. I'm doing if you're sleeping around and you're cheating on your wife, you're doing something, I, I want to know where you are. Because here's the deal. If you can't be honest... If you cannot be honest, you want me to mentor you, but you can't be honest, okay? You can't be honest. You say, well, I am never going to ask that guy to mentor me. I understand. I get it. I get it. Here's what, here's what I think. You want God to do something in your life and bring wealth in your life and opportunities in your life, but you got these walls up. I'm not trying to get in your life so I can kind of have a record. of. I, don't, I mean, I'm not doing that for that reason. But I believe that there's a, there's a, there's a pathway to opportunity and wealth in my life. And for me to be well, I've got to live right. I've got, to, I've got to have the courage to have conversations about the areas of my life that are out of balance. Tell your neighbor, say, that's amazing. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, that's amazing. This guy is so nosy. I can't believe this guy's done. Guy just three, what's wrong with him? Okay, so what I do is I help you, but I'm dumb. I'm the dumbest one in the room. I'm the only one that doesn't know that you got 18 girlfriends and 15 boyfriends. I'm the dumbest one in the room. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you, but you all, I mean, I don't know anything about you. Here's what I believe is true. Wealth is tied to honesty. 
You can get it, but you'll lose it if you're dishonest. At some point, it all falls apart. Some people avoid asking for help because they don't want anybody to know the truth. You go to school and you complain about the professor and this professor's mean and this professor, but you don't go to tutorials. How many hours did you study last week? That's why you're struggling over the test. Didn't you, you don't study all week, then you go to the test and pray. Father God, I pray. You move. Spirit of God, come down on this calculus in the name of Jesus. You're on the comedy show in heaven. Listen, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. You, you got to be honest. You know why your marriage is in trouble. You know why you're having issues with people. You don't know why. Why do you end up fighting all your friends? Every guy you date, you kung fu. Why? Why do you kung fu every woman? Why? Why eight relationships? Start counting them up, okay? You're scared. Get a piece of paper. It was George and Frank and Sue and Sam and Bob. And write them all down. How, what happened to all these people? How did all of these people get in my life and they're gone? What happened? Some of you say, is it melting down? No, I'm not melting down. I'm trying to show you how you live. You live your life in a place where everything is really always off the cliff. At some point, you got to say, is it because I don't want anybody to help me? I'd rather fail. I'd rather just fail than to be ashamed. So you won't graduate. So you won't finish. So you won't be whatever you tell people you're going to be. And you'll see, Mason, all you got to do is talk to some people in this room and they'll tell you, I'm one of those people who didn't ask for help and I didn't get to my place. And I lived my whole life mad with people, frustrated, and finding someone to blame. My daddy wasn't there. My mama wasn't there. My cousin wasn't there. My pastor wasn't there. Or you can blame anybody you want, but at some point in your life, we need to pause and say, I need to have a courageous conversation about the reasons why I've not acquired what I want or need. And what can I do now to change it? The first step for some of you is, repeat it with me, please. Say, ask. ask. Come on. Ask, ask. For, help. for help. You know, the people you're trying to impress can't pay you anyway. Who are they? Some friend? School? Who is it? Find somebody who cares about you. Open your heart. If you don't know who they are, pray for it. So, Lord, Lord, Lord bring somebody. <clears throat> Excuse me. Into my path. Bring somebody into my life. And he will. He always brings them to me. I need them now. At various seasons of my life. I, I'm 60 years old, and I need, I need God. And he's still bringing new people into my life that can help me. Help me think right. This job can be very emotional. How do you get a job when you're in front of people all the time? Give me a break. Coming up with sermons, leading, managing buildings. 90% of this job is administration. 10% preaching. The rest of it is all kind of other stuff. What keeps you stable? It's letting people help you. Let's bring it to the fifth question. Ready? Why some people who have five talents, who can help people, hesitate when, uh, when, when, 
when a one-talent person comes to them and tries to get help. Why won't they help people with less? Somebody told me a story the other day how they, they brought somebody to somebody, you know, and, and say, hey, you know, could you help this person? And the person didn't really do it. I, I think sometimes people with five-talent people, people who are really successful, they become selfish and fearful. That somehow they will lose their talents if they share it with somebody else. And so they, te- they seek to save their life. But Matthew 16, 25 says this. He who seeks to save his life will do what? Lose it. You will lose your life. You will lose your advantage. You won't have advantage. If you're the kind of person who does not share with others, if you look at your scripture references on the bottom of your page, Matthew 16, 25, read it with me, please. For whoever does desires to do what? Save his life. One more time. Matthew 16, 25, do you see it? Say amen if you see it. Amen. Okay. For whoever desires to do what? Save his life will what? Lose it. But whoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. I found that there's, there, there are people who have talents and abilities, but they won't share it. I understand if you're in a business and you can't share a, a corporate secret. I get that, okay? I get that. There's some things you can't say. But, but most of the time, there are ways to help people that sometimes we're not willing, we're not willing to do it. It's all a secret. You know, one of the reasons I, I, here I go again. I didn't like giving out notes. You want me to show you why I didn't like giving out notes? I want you to all do one thing for me. You ready? At the count of three, hold your notes up like you're reading them. Ready? On the count of three, one, two, three. Now, that's what it looked like when I come to preach. (laughs) You already know. You know, I got my little punchline, and you're like, oh, let me read ahead. You know, some of you do that. You already read to the end of the notes. Well, I'll go ahead and finish. I already read everything. I mean, <laughs> so I would want to, like, shock you. Number one, number two. You wouldn't know what number three is. That I haven't told you yet. I mean, there is a moment where that's necessary, but part of the challenge is I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to help you. Come on, say amen. amen. Come on, say amen if you're here. I'm here to help you. And if, if it's so important to me, that I have some advantage over you. And I'm not against not having notes. I'm just making a point. I kind of stumbled into doing it because years ago I did it and you liked it. And now i got to keep doing it. But there's, there's this thing that you can get into when you have advantage. You don't want anybody to get it. you got a cousin who can't read, but you won't teach him to read. And your school teacher, help me understand that. Help me understand why you won't help somebody who's struggling. See, in my life, right, I've got to be aware. I've got to be aware of being overexposed. I've got to be aware of being tired. I've got to be aware of all that. And some things I do, and, and, and sometimes it feels like you shouldn't do all that. But if I don't, if I don't really give of my gifts, if I don't maximize my effort, that's why I gave you my email. I mean, why would I do that? There's thousands of you. Why would I even take that chance? Maybe you all write me one day. I'd be crazy. (laughs) But you don't. You write me when you need me. And we have great conversations. I mean, why? Why do I stand in the hallway and talk to you? Why? Why, Look, look, I'm telling you. There's an emotional side to interacting with so many people that's profound. 
And it's not just you. It's not just you. Tuesday, I was in L.A. doing a family funeral. A family member died. And I flew in, did that. Uh, I left Monday evening. I, I, I flew back Wednesday. I preached in Atlanta Thursday. I preached here at a big conference for men Friday. And now, yeah, well, you heard that. You must have been there, right? And now I'm preaching three times this sermon the weekend. And I got more stuff. But am I complaining? No. No, 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 no. I could say, I'm not giving out anymore. And I do rest. I rest a lot. Oh, Diane, do I rest? Come on, baby, shout it out. Do I rest? The man rests all the time. I'm well rested. I sleep. I take days off. I'm not overworked. But my point, I'm trying to make a point. Just because it's challenging if you are a five-talent person, that doesn't mean you get to not help people. Can you give me an amen to that? Amen. Come on, amen. Can you give me you, you got to help people. God didn't give you those talents to do nothing with. I got to ask this. These are going to be the fastest questions you've ever heard answered in your life. And, and these are some of the toughest. Is it wrong to desire wealth? Here's what I want to say to you. No, it's not wrong. It's not wrong because Deuteronomy 28 says that if I obey God, part of the reward will be blessings. God wants me to be okay with that in my head. And, and to not, you, you may not understand this. You feel bad when you don't have and you feel bad when you have. You feel guilty when you don't have and you feel guilty when you have more than people around you who don't have. You, you start giving it away. You start feeling like you've got to fund everything, pay for every meal when you go out. You feel responsible because you're the, you're the highest paid person in the room. So everybody assumes you're paying for everything all the time. And you, and you feel guilty if you don't. Somehow, everybody can come live with you because you got the biggest house. That's just the way it's supposed to be. But I want you to imagine something with me, okay? This front row, okay? All of you work. I want all the front row to say with me, say, we all work. We all work. Now, see, don't say anything to anybody else, right? One more time. Say, say we all work. Say 60 hours a week. Imagine that. Okay, I'll give you a break. You work 10 hours a day. All right? That's a pretend 10 hours a day. Now, all the people behind you, they live with you, and none of them work. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Talking about they got to go quickly. What is that about? Where's, they, where's your Christian love at? Going to this side is <laughs> dark side over there. What <laughs> now, now, now? These people behind you don't work, okay? And then these people, when they come home after your 10 hours of work, they like to ask you one question What did you cook? <laughs> Who you having a problem? Look at you, you're having a problem <laughs> with these people. It is that he's got a problem. See, now I want you to understand this is emotional, and then these people, okay, behind you. They go get some more friends like them. <laughs> they move. They want to move in too. You understand? They all go get a friend who don't work, and they all come and stay with you. How about that? 
we, oh, we got to have a discussion. Okay, what kind of discussion do we have to have here? Uh, what? We got to make some changes. Oh, he's getting to the series now. We got to have some <laughs> courageous changes now. <laughs> we got to have a courageous conversation. We got to make some courageous changes. And we got to have some courageous plans. Because this is not going to help. We're not going to make it now. See, not, not, not see, understand. This is amazing. You're gonna, you're gonna, I'm going to say a couple of things. You ready? This is what's tough, okay? Buckle up. Hold on with the preacher for a second. Ready? Come on, say, say it, Pastor. Say it, Pastor. We have 3,500 members active. I asked our finance person in our last service. She was here. I said, Justine, how many people of those 3,500 active members don't give anything? She said, 1,500. I say Jesus too. Go ahead, say Jesus. <laughs> I heard, oh Jesus. So I want you to pause for a minute. Back up the train. Just think with me for just a minute. Let me step forward, okay? You ready? Now I'm going to say something, okay? Raise your right hand. Hands up. Say, we trust your heart, Pastor. Come on. I'm going to say something now. You going to be okay with me, right? That's my heart, okay? I don't mean any harm. It's the truth, okay? I don't mean harm. We help people. We help people. We're generous. Okay? And if we've ever helped you, I don't mean anything by this. But I don't think I should be the only one who knows this. I think telling you is fair. As long as I ain't saying names, I ain't trying to hurt and embarrass anybody, I don't have anybody in my brain, I'm not trying to take anybody, this is just the truth. I've been here for 37 years. How many years have I been here? 37 years, okay? Passing for over 42. I get it, okay? Right? Generally speaking, we will end up helping people and giving them more money than they have given in five years in one ask. Now, should we say, like, okay, well, listen, uh, based on your giving, <laughs> that ain't right. That We don't do that. That's not right. But also, we understand it's not a, not a checking account either, a savings account. Then when you give to the God, you can't go, well, I gave the church $1,000 over the last 10 years. I want to draw back 1500 because I know there's interest in that. No. But here's, here's my point. I asked you to raise your hand. I asked you to trust my heart. I said it to make a point. A point. That's not where God wants you to live. And, there's, and, there, and there's a pain in my heart when I, when I and again, you, boy, just, you can just really get on the train and get lost in this. Okay, you can get lost. Don't get lost. Just hang with me. Hang with me. That's why we need to have a courageous conversation. All of you on this front row said, no, no, we need to have, as painful as this is, it, put the facts on the table, Pastor, because so, this is important, right? You, all of you working people on this front row going, oh, no, 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 don't be afraid, Pastor Rick. Come on, ask me about the dinner, and can I use your car? You, you know what I'm saying? At some point, here's why. Because if we don't have this courageous conversation, what's going to happen is one by one they're going to wear out, and eventually it's going to be gone. Eventually. I'm, 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 listen, at least one, not all, one homeless person in America. Not all. Not all. Some of their own, all kinds of horrible circumstances didn't do anything. But there's one person who got there because they didn't listen to this kind of advice. Not all, I just said one. At least one. 
Are you going to be the one? Because you won't have this. Churches that close, they close because they can't have this kind of courageous conversation with their congregation. See, the reason that God, let me take me to the next, next part of this. Should the pastor, here's the question, you ready? Should, should the pastor, ask me, help me with this now. Is it wrong for the pastor to ask you to give? Is it wrong for you people on the front row to say, hey, guys, can you at least get a part-time job? You guys are really in this sermon, the front row is, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. It's not, and we're not doing anything wrong. At some point in your life, you got to pause the train because here's the deal. Either you'll be the two side or the one side. The one side guy watch the other people succeed, and, 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 and he's just glut, you know, struggling. And then the other two guys have the painful process of watching the one guy who won't do anything. And they can't make him. You can't make me study. You can't make me be integrous. You can't stop me. If I want to wreck my life and my train, you can't. My wife, I'm telling you, she says these are profound things. I, I, you know, she said this in a session. I thought, wow, wow. You know, you know what you could be if you wanted to be. You could be an international adulterer. You travel all over the world and you can afford it. And you're smart. And they like you everywhere. Hi, Pastor Vicky. Hi, Pastor Vicky. Hi, Pastor Vicky. <laughs> but you have to decide. And people, people can spend their whole life trying to make you wealthy. You have to decide, I want this. And a pastor has to say, I want this for my church. And you have to say, I want this for my family. That's why we're having a courageous conversation because I want something out of my life. I want something. I want it. And if nobody else wants it and they misunderstand me and say, ah, there he goes, talking about money. You want to know what I really think? You're a broke person talking. That's who you are. You want to know what I really think? You somebody don't want anything, and that's your business. And I shake the dust off my feet and move on because I want all God has for me. Come on, talk to me, church. I don't want to beg all my life. I don't want to struggle all my life. And I don't want to feel sorry for myself. And if you think I owe, look, look what you know, what you have over a million dollars, don't mess with me. I, look, yeah, I know what it, I know all about that. You ever got a million dollar loan for anything? Don't mess with me. How about two million dollars? How about three million dollars? Let me take you up the land. How much money you managed? I know what it's like to owe. I talk to the banks. I know what it's like. That's why I don't want to be in a bunch of debt. I deal with them. I know exactly what it's like. I understand. I'm not saying something that I don't get. Cost me millions of dollars to do what I do every year. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put no front on you. I'm saying you try to do it. You guess. Figure it up. Let me hire 45 of you. What I got to pay to get your master's degrees up in here to work for me. You going to do it for 20000 or 10000 yeah, I can't come for that, Pastor Vic. I mean, you're going to have to come on up the ladder now. You want me? You want me? You, you want me? Oh, Pastor Vic, you're going to have to start at 50, 60. You're going to come on up the land here a little bit. I need some health care, Pastor Rick. I need full coverage. Dental care. I need all that. Well, how can I get you to work for me? And I'm broke. Come on, talk to me, somebody. 
But you go to a church and say, look at the bathroom. Look at the, oh, look at that. It's terrible. You know why? The members and the pastor have accepted that. It's when you say, not us, in Jesus' name. Lift your hand with me. Come on, say, not us. Come on. Come on, say, in Jesus' name. I got to get out of here. I got to finish. I got to finish. Y'all got me over. Oh, God, I'm over. Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm over. It's your fault. Here we go. Number three. Why did God establish tithing so this wouldn't be a problem? You ready? Number three. To enable full-time focus on serving people and to provide meat in the house. That's why. Read the verses on your own. <laughs> how, how do you tithe the right way when you're living paycheck to paycheck? I love this question. Somebody send this in. Stop living paycheck to paycheck. Say that with me. Come on. Here's what you do. Have a courageous conversation about your money. That's where it starts. Have a courageous conversation about your money. Okay? Make some changes. Right? Courageous changes. You with me? You see what I'm doing already? Develop a plan. Are you tracking with me yet so far? Come on, people. I work hard on this. Are you tracking with me? Have a courageous conversation, right? Make some courageous plans. Have a courageous changes. Courageous plans. Then what you do is what? Build new wealth. I got to find a new way to fund this. And then next month's series, I got to set new priorities. And then I got to walk by faith, which is the last series in the, in the year, Courageous Faith. I, 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 I have to do this. Do you believe that tithing is, is an option, Pastor Rick? No, I don't really think it is. It's not an option because giving is not an option. Considering Luke 6.38, giving it shall be given to you, pressed down. Leviticus 27.30 says the tithe belongs to the Lord. Read the text on your own. Malachi 3.10 says if you bring the tithe, I'll open the windows of heaven and bless you. Here's a big question. Some people say, well, Pastor Rick, that's Old Testament. Well, listen, here's what Jesus said about that. It's not in your notes. Write this down, Matthew 5.17. Jesus said, look, he did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. This is not, this is, and again, this is not about twisting anybody's arm. This is about deciding what you believe. I believe honoring God with my resources first matters. I believe that pooling together matters. I believe that my approach matters. Boy, I'll tell you what. If you can at least consider one thing. If you can't tithe, I put a note in there. I said, march toward the tithe. I can do 1%, God. I can do something. I can do better than nothing, right, front row? Right, right? Better than zero, right? If I'm in a family and grandmama's sick, I can do better than nothing, right? How about an amen, right? Right? I may not want to be there to help change grandmama, but I can at least kind of cut the light on and bring her some food. Hands lifted. I'm done. Let's pray. Father, today, we must not allow ourselves to live in a place where we take off our shoes. Look at the preacher. Take off our shoes and sit and wait to die. waiting for the death angel or the broke angel or something to show up. 
I'm not going to just sit here and let this happen to me. days there are days I've been intimidated tempted to be afraid academically challenged relationally challenged you know just just being publicly known by everybody people with opinions about you don't even know you you know, you you sit there and you just, if you're not careful, you just, you know, I see, I see why people crack up. Because they get lost somewhere. But in the darkness, I say no, not me. In the darkness, I say no. No guilt, no shame. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray you save us. From our fears and our insecurities. Save us from this state of mind where we're afraid of wealth, afraid to do something, afraid to take charge, afraid of this conversation. Father, free us. Some of us have been planted here. It's in our family genes. It's been with us for years. It's in our almost in our DNA. God, save us. Father, help us today. those hands up, please. I rebuke fear today. Speak courage, confidence, faith to the lives of your people. I declare in Jesus' name that we're going to do better. Come on, say, this is, come on, say, this is my life, and God's hand is with me. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Glory to God. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh my God, he's my shepherd today. He's my shepherd today. He's my shepherd today. He's the one. He's the one. Oh God, he's the one. He's the one. He's the one. He's the one. He's the one that can. He's the one that will. He's the one that can deliver me, that can set me free. He's the one that can change my life. Father, I speak it over our lives today. And I declare in Jesus' name that no weapon, no weapon formed against us will prosper. I declare in Jesus' name that everything that we've set ourselves to talk about today, that you will prosper it. And you will cause us today to rise above our fears. You will cause us in Jesus' name to rise above insecurities. I declare in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I will not be defeated. Give me a Bible. The devil is a liar. Give me a Bible. Would you? Technology can fail you sometimes, but them good old books won't. You need a book sometimes. I do know how to turn a page. Now, I'm not going to be defeated today. I will not let this work. You got some good print here. I can see this without my no glasses. There you go. <laughs> The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Come on, say, so he leads me beside the still waters. Listen, as he restores my soul, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. 
Read it with him. Say, yea, yea, though I walk through a dark place, I will fear no evil. Listen to this now. For you're with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint me with head. You anoint my head with oil. And my cup runs over. I want you up. Come here. Follow me. You. Get behind me. You. Come. Get behind me. You. Sir, on the end. Come here. Get behind those guys. Come on. You. Get behind them. Come on. You get behind them. Come on. Stand there. You want to join too? Come on. Get behind them. Listen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows, I fear no you, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy, follow me, guys, shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Come on, church. Goodness and mercy are going to follow me all my life. Come on, church. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Thank you, guys. God, God's going to be with you. God's not going to leave you. Come on, church. Give God a big praise. Come on. Give God a big praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Stand on your feet. We ain't got time, but who cares? Stand on your feet. I let you out early in most churches, period. I do not keep you. You've been gone 15 minutes ago normally, but today I'm sorry. Here's the deal. Hand up. Hands up. We surrender to you today all of our unbelief. We surrender to you all of our fears. And we release, Lord God. We release fear and insecurity. We go with confidence now. We're going to build wealth wellness in our life and we trust you to help us turn this page of emotional distress and fear no weapon formed against us shall prosper no weapon formed against me shall prosper in the name of Jesus everybody say amen don't clap yet, heads down, hands down heads down if you're in this room today and you've never given your life to Jesus, you have never made that decision, I want you to make the Lord your shepherd today. I want you to invite him into your life with every head bowed, every eye closed for your privacy. I want you to simply raise your hand so I can pray for you. Say, Pastor, I need God in my life. What you said today spoke to me, and I really want to start a life with Jesus today. I want you to pray for me before I leave. All I'm going to do is pray for you right in your seat. I want you to raise your hand. Anybody say, pray for me. Pray for me, Pastor. My walk, I see you. Anybody else saying pray for me? I see you. I see you. Anybody else? I see you. I see you. Two, three, four. I see you. Anybody else saying pray for me, Pastor? I see you back there in the back. I see you. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? In Jesus' name. Now, I want you all to lift your hands and pray this prayer with me, please. Say, Lord Jesus, today I come trusting you with my life. I trust that you will give me what I need. I want your forgiveness. I want you in my life. I want to trust you. From this day forward, we start a brand new walk, a brand new beginning in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I trust you to bring into their life the right church, the right people, the right resources they need so they can be all that you want them to be. May this be the beginning of a new journey for them. We give you the praise for them in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Now give God a big hand clap and praise God. We're done.